Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Spiritual Journey, episode 32. Really excited about this episode. Um, as you know, we've been, the last few episodes, I've been covering the four bodies. Um, so we've done the physical body in terms of creating our, creating our base and how important this vessel is. Uh, we've talked about the mental body. We've talked about the emotional body. This week's all about the spiritual body. And so, yeah, I'm super, super excited. And the way we're going to do this one is we're going to split it at least into two episodes. And we're going to start by sharing our awakening journeys, i.e. our spiritual awakening journey. So this podcast, the full name is called Spiritual Journey, Path to Awakening. So I'm excited about uh, that we're going to share. So Stacey's going to join me and we're going to share our awakening stories. And then... Next week, we'll release an episode around the spiritual journey, um, some of the things that you can look out for, things like soul contracts and how they connect. But this week is all going to be about our awakening, mine and Stacey's. And um, yeah, I'd love to introduce my buddy, my friend, my best friend, who's uh, an amazing healer, beautiful, gorgeous, stunning She's also going to be a published author very, very soon. Introducing the amazing, the beautiful Stacey Brown. Stacey, over to you. I'm excited to be here, Namesh. Um, it's interesting because we've done several episodes together, right? And we, friends, we have this process where we kind of talk about what we're going to discuss on the episode. And I think today is just a little more tender because we're getting into going, traveling back a little bit into our journeys and talking about our very unique experiences to our awakening. So I'm excited to share this. Um, just to reintroduce myself, my name is Stacy. I am an intuitive healer. I'm a certified Reiki practitioner. I'm a spiritual mentor and coach. I'm an Akashic record reader. And as Namesh just mentioned, I have a book coming out later this year and some exciting things going on with that, where I will go a little bit more in depth into my journey of healing. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about this episode, Nims. Yeah, so am I. And just again, to introduce myself, um, I'm also an Akashic Record reader, spiritual coach and mentor. Um, there's no surprise that me and Stacey do a lot of the same things because we do them together. So we have a mentoring course that we've channeled um, that's changing lives. Um, I've learned, and I'll talk about my connection to Akashic Records in this episode, but um, for me, that's a blessing. For me, that gives me access to people's souls, their soul families, and for me, it's changed my life. So I'm excited about this episode. But Stace, you know me. Before we start any episode, I'll always ask the listener the question, what have you done today to shine the light on you? And as re again, I'll reiterate, so it's really, really important we shine a light ourselves on, on ourselves right now. And when we do that, our light becomes so much brighter to shine on other people. So Stacey, what have you done today to shine a light on you? So, you know, it's early in the day here, Nims. Uh, we're working uh, on a Saturday morning. Um, I would say the one thing I can say I did so far today for myself was I slept in. Got a little bit of extra sleep, which has me feeling really good. And then I would say the other thing I plan on doing today is diving into a really good book that I'm reading um, by Ayanla Van Zant, and it's called In the Meantime. Um, and it's all about, you know, when you're going through a transitional season in your life and, and what you do in the meantime, in that in-between season. So I'm going to lift my soul by uh, reading 
this book from an author that I love. And uh, I have a hammock that was a gift from an amazing friend sitting out in my backyard. And I'll probably just go out into the garden, sit in the hammock and read my book and enjoy the holiday weekend. What about you? Wow. I love that. Um, actually, for me, yeah, it took some time out for me, too. It's been it's been a crazy, crazy time. So I normally I'm normally on Clubhouse um, Monday evenings and Friday evenings for Awake and Ascending and um, in, in the club that you created on Tuesday, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it means there's a lot on in the evenings every week and then we have readings in the evenings, etc. But we decided to cancel our Awake and Ascending room yesterday. So I had the evening off yesterday. And sure, I slept in this morning too. Um, just felt my body needed the rest, so I decided to just take time out. I haven't got. I've intentionally not got much on this weekend. Uh, it feels a bit weird, but I am just going to take a time out. So that's what I'm doing for me. So in this episode, talking about our awakening, um, you know, everyone talks about spiritual awakening and kind of, and I really feel a lot of us. Are, going through a spiritual awakening now and it happens in phases not like it just happens in you know one bam and all of a sudden you're awakening the awakening journey is really a lifetime thing right and but there are pivotal moments in our life which define um this journey and this this spiritual journey it's really interesting when you talk about this episode being tender we've talked about things about our personal life in all of the last the three bodies it's not like we haven't right but this the spiritual one is where we spend the most time. Uh, the spiritual one is, is you know, the, the spiritual body is kind of what we what we specialize in, right? The podcast course is called Spiritual Journey. So um, I guess this one's a bit tender because it is, um, you know, our journeys are important. We talked about before um, this, before we recorded this one, that sometimes I feel my journey when I compare it to others isn't wow. And it's really interesting when I tell myself that story that, um, all of our stories are important. All of our awakenings. Now, no one story, no one awakening is any different to any other. It's just about your personal journey. Um, so, Stacey, I'd love to start with you. Always ladies first. So why don't you tell us about your spiritual awakening, take us as far as you want, and then we can go through phases. But uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been through, your spiritual awakening, and what that meant for you? Of course, I'd be happy to. I think it's important to start with saying, I think a lot of people get religion and spirituality kind of meshed together. Like we, at least for me, I'll speak for me. I, um, you know, I grew up in a, a very devoutly religious, um, we would call it uh, Latter-day Saint is one of the terms, but Mormon home. Um, I had a father who was like a bishop in the Mormon church, which is the equivalent of like a priest. Uh, I spent my younger years in church. Uh, we had church every Sunday for three hours. When I was in high school, I did Bible study five days a week in the morning before I went to school. You had to have a certain, uh, level of attendance in order to graduate from the program. So for me, the, in the environment that I was raised in, it was, this is how you worship. This is how God sees you. And this is what you need to do to earn his love. That was kind of what I was taught. Um, and for me, that 
upbringing and then kind of what ensued into my early twenties really set me on like a tailspin. (laughs) And I, my, my dad very abruptly left my mom and left the Mormon church when I was 22. And, um, if you've ever been through like a, a major crisis like this, where, you know, your parents have split or, or something like that has, has shifted tremendously in your life. For me, it felt like everything that I had been taught the 22 years before was a lie. That was what it felt like, whether that was actually what was happening. I don't know, but it really shut me down from church, from religious practices and from like the state, like I wanted to stay as far away from those things as possible. And it put me on a path of self-destruction for a couple of decades. I, um, I grew up in a household where like, we didn't have coffee. We didn't have tea. We didn't have alcohol. Um, there were no drugs. Like it was a very like clean lifestyle. Uh, the Mormon faith is very regimented about what you are quote allowed to do and what you're not. And so when I left that environment, I decided I was going to try everything under the sun that I hadn't been allowed to try as a kid. And though I was married and raising children and kind of building a life, I was also trying to figure out who I was. Um, and I, I would say I was trying to do that without God, um, because religion and God went together for me in my mind. Um, fast forward, I had three little kids and as a single mom, I put myself through beauty school. And as I began putting my hands on people, I started becoming very aware of my ability to know and sense what was going on with people. And I would direct my conversations with my clients based off of placing my hands on them and sensing what was going on with them. So though I didn't know it at the time, I had kind of formed a spiritual connection. You know, it was like, I had always been intuitive, but I had shut so much of that out because of the pain that I had been through. And I built a very successful career in the beauty industry by using my abilities, but kind of shrouding it in secrecy. Um, my husband and I, um, had divorced due to, um, some substance abuse issues and turmoil in the relationship. And, um, we reconnected and, um, we were both on a physical journey of healing by running and losing weight and getting physically healthy. And when we got back together, we decided we were going to go into a deeper spiritual journey. We knew that we were feeling like something was missing in our lives. And so we started exploring various non-denominational churches in, in, in our area. And it was actually a really beautiful experience for me, Nims, because, um, I had a mentor come into my life that I really respected who worked in women's ministry. She was, um, the pastor, uh, the pastor's wife at one of the churches that we attended. And I formed a really special connection with her. She was a client of mine, um, in, in the beauty industry. So I was doing her hair and we just had some really beautiful conversations. And I came into the awareness that I had been identifying with a theme of shame and guilt 
And I will never forget sitting with her one day in my living room. We were doing a Bible study and she was like, you know, you don't, you don't have to feel this way. Like you don't have to live your life this way. And we started working together on self-love and on understanding God's love for me. And through that, she became inspired to create a program for other women in the church who were feeling bad about themselves based off of the inspiration of me. And we then collectively started helping women in our area to understand that they didn't have to identify with shame and guilt. It was a really beautiful season for me because I didn't realize how much I had been holding on to from childhood, from leaving the Mormon church, my parents' divorce, all of that. And I became really aware that I was not only capable of more, but that I was meant for more. And in that season of forming this relationship, I tried to open up and say, I'm intuitive. Like I receive messages and that was not acceptable within this church organization. So we started exploring again, exploring other churches. And, uh, my husband and I got involved with a church that had this, what they called a discipleship program which was a period of, I want to say, when I think back on it, it was about six weeks where we abstained from listening to secular music, watching TV and movies. And we just poured ourselves into like spiritual growth. It was like a spiritual fast. Okay. And on one particular day, I was in my car heading to the grocery store and I would normally listen to music but I chose to listen to a spiritual podcast and it was a pastor doing a sermon and the sermon was recorded live and he was talking about superheroes and he was explaining that in this world, we think of superheroes as someone who wears a cape and can fly and has powers beyond the human experience. And he said, um, but what a superhero really is, is someone who like surrenders their idea of what their life should look like for whatever God intends for your life to look like. And I'm pulling into the grocery store parking lot and I'm parking the car, right. To go in and do my shopping. And he asks his congregation who wants to be a superhero. And so I raised my hand. I mean, I was in the car by myself, but I raised my hand. And I was like, me, like, I want to be a superhero. And he was like, okay, so if you want to be a superhero, I want you to take your hands and I want you to put them out palms facing up. And I want you to say the following words. And I remember sitting there, I'm like in the car by myself, my hands are out palms facing up. And he says, say the words, I surrender God, use me. I did it. I surrendered. I surrendered so completely in that parking lot. I remember feeling like it almost took my breath away. And within a couple short weeks, um, my 17 year old son at the time, um, overdosed on a cocktail of 
over-the-counter medications that he had researched online how to get high with. And um, my husband and I were awakened in the middle of the night to a horrific scene um, with our son. And then four months later, he attempted to take his own life by running his car into a tree. And I share this because I gave up my idea in that car that day of what I thought my life was going to look like for whatever God wanted our story to be. I had no idea that my life would shift so dramatically from one, one pivotal moment. But I look back on it now and I believe that surrendering in the car that day was giving God permission to use me as a vessel in whatever way he saw fit. I had hidden my abilities for so long. And when my son made this decision, uh, it put him in a major hospital in a major city where we live uh, in a medically induced coma. His body ravaged from the impact of the crash. And I often tell people that the day that he made that decision, it was like he put the whole family in the car with him. And all of us came out with different injuries. And for me, um, it broke me open to my abilities, almost like on steroids. Um, and I had some of the most profound spiritual experiences that I have ever had to date in my life. And it opened me up to understand that I could no longer play small that I needed to use my abilities to help people. And I know that we have shared a chapter from the book on a previous podcast episode. So if you want to hear about some of those experience, those spiritual experiences in detail, you can go back and listen to that. Um, but Nims, my, my son nearly losing his life broke me wide open. And I spent... Uh, about eight months not doing hair and sitting by his bedside, caring for him, taking him back and forth to the hospital for appointments. Um, for a period of time, his bedroom was our living room. Um, I became a nurse in a sense. And while I was caring for him and having these profound spiritual experiences, I became so aware that I was not the same person anymore that it was almost like my abilities were magnified because of the circumstances that I was in with my son. And what ensued for me was this very deep journey into how am I showing up in the world and how am I going to move forward with what I now know? So as he began to heal, um, he ended up moving to another state and I had this kind of like epiphany when he left that the one person that I had control of was me. 
and I was not showing up in the way that I was meant to. So as all of this was happening, my, my personal life was falling apart. My marriage was becoming very distant, very strained situations and circumstances like this that are life altering, change the dynamic of your family. And where I started having more of an understanding of who I am and how I'm showing up in the world, I was also having a bigger divide with the people in my life. And through this season, I became so aware that I needed to serve on a greater level. And through my darkest hour came that awareness that me staying behind the chair and doing people's hair was no longer enough. So through a course of events, I gave up my career in the beauty industry and now I dedicate my life full-time to helping people on their journey and to inspire them to awaken to their own soul's purpose. And I believe that though I'm giving like the edited version of how it all went down because there was so much to it. I believe that when I surrendered that day in the grocery store parking lot, I was truly saying, I, I will be used in whatever way you need me to be used in this world. And though it's not what I would have expected, it has brought me a tremendous amount of clarity and a sense of purpose. And I'm determined to take this experience and continue to use it to help as many people as I can. Wow, Stace, that's beautiful. <clears throat> Just um, to add a couple of things, I guess, from my perspective, um, and I have a, I've had the unique position in the last year of just seeing you grow and seeing what you've what you've gone through, what you've what you've put yourself through in to become the person and the healer that you are today. And I introduced you at the beginning as um you know, the amazing, the beautiful, whatever else I said, but you are an amazing healer. There are those other things too, but you and I've, I've seen who you've become, right? I've seen what you've put on the line and you know, I've sat through why you recorded your book and you know, there's so many spiritual breakthroughs you had. And it's is it's isn't that interesting that you had to go through that sort of traumatic event to kind of activate a lot of your gifts? And maybe it's because, you know, all, all three of your other bodies are so busy just surviving um, that actually that allows your spiritual body and your spiritual awakening to take place. Otherwise, why would you have to go through so much pain, right? It's that sometimes you question... Um, but is our, you know, is our mental body that strong that sometimes you need to keep it super busy for the spiritual awakening to happen? Is that kind of so? It's interesting, and you know, I've I've seen you know, our relationship a year ago today. Um, you know, I think in many ways I intimidated you, right, with my spiritual journey and where I was, and you know, the calmness I speak, and you know, I and honestly, the way you channel now, and then how much you've grown, and in many ways, you intimidate me now, right? So, because as a healer, when you channel to the level that you channel, you go super deep. And um, I'm not saying I can't go deep. I'm not putting myself down in any way. I'm just putting, saying I am in awe of you, right? You you channel to a level um, that you you give all of you. And I mean, I think it feel it feels for me like 
I don't really have a choice. And I know that probably sounds, um, but I think you do. I think, yeah, you I mean, would. I do, right. I do, but let just a, a, for example, cause I don't think we've shared this on the podcast. Um, you know, we, we received an outpouring of love from our community in all the ways. I mean, our community really showed up for us and, um, we received a lot of cards and well wishes in the mail. So this is after the accident, right? This is after the accident. Yeah. And, um, one of the, one of the, one of the cards that we received, I remembered opening and it had a little piece of gauze wrapped in like a plastic, little plastic bag. And it said, um, it was, it was from one of my friends whose neighbor is from Lebanon and she had gone to Lebanon and visited the site where St. Charbel, um, he was a, a healer in the 1800s had consecrated oil that he had blessed and used to heal the sick. And she gave us a piece of this gauze with this holy oil on it. I didn't remember where I put, you know, cards and, and whatnot. I mean, I was back and forth to the hospital every day. And I, on one particular day, my son was still in a coma and he was struggling. He was struggling with a fever of 106 and 107. And the doctors were saying, it's normal. He's got a traumatic brain injury. His body's trying to regulate temperature. And, um, I remember approaching his hospital room on this particular day and the room was dark. It was just him. And he was laying there in the coma and on all these machines doing the breathing for him. And I walked up to the door of his room and it was just me. And I heard, get the oil. And I was like, okay, you know, I had my backpack. I took my backpack off. I looked through it and I happened to have this one card with me. So I pulled out the card and I opened it up and I took out the piece of gauze. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm a certified Reiki practitioner. So I approached his bed and prepared to place the oil. And I placed the oil like across his forehead on his temples. And then I went down to like his neck area where his trach, he had a tracheotomy where the trach was. And I placed some oil there. And then I went to place my hands on his chest and I had this sensation like flood through my body. And before I could even think about what had happened, I ran out to the hallway and his nurse was there at the station. I still remember her name. I was like, Nora, my son has a massive infection in his chest. He needs an IV antibiotic for three days. And it starts with a C. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, never mind, just get the doctor. And she was like, I'll call the doctor now. And I went back into my son's room and I sat down in a chair next to his bed. And I was like, what the hell did you just do, Stacey? Like, what did you just do? And I was shaking because I was like, I, I'm not a medical professional. What just came out of my mouth? I have no idea. My phone rings. I pick it up and it's the doctor. And she's like, I've, I'm just going to be honest with you. I just got done a major surgery. I'm exhausted. And I understand you have some questions about your son. And I was like, no, I don't have questions. I need you to come look at my son right now. And she was like, okay, hung up the phone. I'm sitting there again. Like, what did I do? Like, this is crazy. Stacy, you're crazy. Like having all this crazy self-talk. Um, and the doctor and a bunch of nurses show up at his bedside. They do an evaluation. They look at some scans that they hadn't looked at from earlier in the morning. And sure enough, my son has 
um, one lung totally filled with fluid and the other lung is almost completely filled with fluid. He has a massive infection in his chest. When we return the next day, there's the IV antibiotic that's hanging there for three days that starts with a C. I look back on that and I'm like, I don't know how I had the courage to do that. But when we were checking our son out of the hospital, like, like a month or so later, one of the doctors said, I need you to know <laughs> this is crazy, but you saved your son's life. And it was experiences like that, that were happening to me that were life altering that I realized I could no longer shroud my gift in secrecy because by me being true to who I was and the messages I was getting, I was able to give knowledge that saved my child's life. So what else was I holding back? And that was when I really started to go into this deeper discovery of who I am and how I'm meant to show up in the world. And it was through an experience that no one could take from me, if that makes any sense. Like I was the one there experiencing that and me not trying to filter who I was allowed my child to get the treatment that he needed. And it was not the way I would have ever imagined an awakening happening. You know, I was in the darkest season of my life. My child was fighting for his life, but it brought about in me a lot of questions. How am I showing up in the world? How am I meant to serve? What do I do with this ability now that I'm very clear that I have it? And this last couple of years has been this really deep discovery of who I am spiritually. That's beautiful. And I've, I've heard you tell the story about the the gauze a few times and every time I hear it, it still gives me goosebumps. You know, Stacey, the way you tell a story, I feel like I'm there with you and it's just, you know, but it is, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's that, it's that surrender to, and it, you, you know, you just surrendered, you know, there's no, you were so tired with everything. You were just, all four of your bodies were tired and spiritually it opened you up to a different, but yeah, I mean, when you go back to that, car park as we call it in the UK, I think you call it parking lot. Um, where you totally surrendered. That to me, I've always said this to you, that to me felt like an opening. That felt, you know, you surrendered with something so much deeper. And that's kind of what got you on this path. So thank you for sharing. It's beautiful. Well and I just want to say, friends, use caution if you're going to surrender. Because I had no idea that in that grocery store parking lot, when I so fully surrendered that I was going to be opening myself up to such a powerful journey, but I have come to believe with every fiber in my being that the God that I now know and answer to is one that wants us to surrender completely. Like, how do we serve and how do we show up in the world if we're trying to control everything? And for me, that surrender, though it brought on some extremely painful experiences, it also brought about a 
very deep understanding of who I am and how I'm meant to serve in the world. Beautiful, beautiful. And you know, I've, I'll talk about my spiritual journey in a second, but it's your journey over the last year since I've known you and probably before I did feels very accelerated. Um, you know, mine feels more gradual. We joke about this all the time. I, when I met you, I didn't know I was signing up for a roller coaster, right? Because <laughs> you know your your journey's definitely been accelerated, and in many ways, you've taken me with you. So, um, but uh, but yeah, it's beautiful. I love it when you share, and you know, as you say, Stacey, it's that you know the spiritual journey, the spiritual awakening. Um, there's so many different things we can share, right? There's so much to it, and um, you know, just uh, everyone's journey is unique, right? No one journey's better, worse, accelerated, whatever. It's our divine journey. Whatever's meant to be is a divine timing to it. Um, it's interesting you started by talking about religion. Um, you know, I, I grew up, um, I was born into uh, Hinduism, uh, so born into a Hindu family. And yeah, Hinduism by its nature is is more fluid. It's um, believes in many gods, um, kind of there's a... Karma, uh, past lives, it's all kind of part of Hinduism, right? So in many ways, that's why you know, it's easier to get into spirituality because um, there is definitely a difference between religion and spirituality. But there's a, you know, from a spiritual perspective, we have past lives, we have karma that we bring into the world. So some of those beliefs I was born into and I grew up in. But I'm also a big believer that, you know, to its core, every religion has a... Um, has a purpose. Um, I remember when when I was talking to my spiritual coaching teacher, we were talking about each of the four religions and how if you look at them, they are connected to an element, right? So Hinduism, for example, is very fluid. Um, therefore, you could argue it's water. Um, Christianity, um, if you think about what happened to Christ and everything else and just the religion itself, it's very, it's very fiery, so you could argue it's water. Sorry, it's fire. Then you've got Islam. It's very, you know, kind of rules-based. It's very solid in kind of its its core, and you could argue that's earth. And then you've got Judaism. Um, that's kind of quite, uh, you know, mentally focused, etc. You could argue that's air. And you know, when the religions are created, when religions are created, I think there was a there was a core to it that, that each of them belong. That there's a place for each of them, just as we've as man has interpreted over the years. I think it just evolved. So. It's a bit of a side sideways because um, you started with religion. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel blessed um, kind of in the family environment that I, I was born into. Um, like I said, Hinduism, I still practice Hinduism, but for me, the spiritual part is different. And I, um, I, I, I you know, I, I go to churches all the time and I feel there's a place for each of the religions. But yeah, so I, I grew up in, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before, I, I, I was born into a loving environment. I was born in Africa, Uganda, um, and um, I was one of nine. Um, so I had eight older siblings, uh, one younger sister, and I was um, eighth in line. And, um, you know, at the age of three, we were, um, I mean, decided that all, all the Indian Asians had to leave within a couple of weeks, otherwise they would be killed. So we, you know, we were, we became refugees in the UK, and I was only three years old. Um, I'm sure some of that stays with me somehow. I don't remember any of it evenly. Um, but I grew up in an environment where I went started going to school in the UK, 
didn't know the language. I didn't know English. Um, I was, like I said, one of nine. Everybody was super busy. So I grew up in an environment where I really didn't have a voice. I didn't have a voice at school. I was bullied because I really didn't know the language. Um, and um, then at home, when I got home, I didn't really have a voice because everyone was super busy just surviving, right? So, um, you know, it's really interesting. I grew up not having a voice. And, um, you know, it's like as, as you grow and as you start to realize what your purpose, actually, I feel my voice is my gift now, right? So it's really interesting that what happens to you as a child is part of your journey too. And, and it's part of you releasing everything as you get there um, that allows you to become who you're meant to be. And so when I, so sure, growing up, and I, I talk about this in the previous episode, you know, my inner child, my younger child didn't get a lot of attention. And so um, growing up, I was kind of determined to have a voice. I was determined for any new family member to make sure they had a space where they had a voice too. So I worked really hard on, on that piece. Um, so it's really interesting how that influences you. So when I finished university, you know, somehow along the way, I, I found a voice. I, I had friends around me that would listen and all that sort of stuff. So when I started university, um, I was pretty determined. I had lots of friends. And really, I became into my own. And um, I, at the time, I didn't really know the importance of my voice. But even then, I never spoke a lot. But when I spoke, people listened. And I didn't even notice it, to be fair. And then when I started, when I finished university, I was really focused. I was very mentally focused and I was determined to become like CEO of the world. I was determined to be super successful in my corporate world. Financially, we struggled growing up. Financially, we didn't have a lot of space. So I was determined to be financially successful, to have enough space for the family, et cetera. So I was quite driven. And then, you know, in my early years in my career, I was really successful. I was earning a decent salary. I had a really nice company car. Um, and, you know, I thought I was living my best life. Uh, I guess what I didn't realize at the time is what it was costing me, right? I was spending pretty much 24-7 hours, 24-7 working, every hour I could, even weekends, et cetera. I was dedicating to a corporate role. Um, and I thought I was really needed and, you know, kind of, you know, if I left or didn't, didn't go in for a day, the company wouldn't survive, which is an interesting thing, right? I mean, you know, the company I'm sure would have survived. Uh, I'm sure I would be missed. But then interesting enough, somewhere along the way, um, my importance in the corporate world started to drop a little bit. Um, I was still working hard. And at the time, I had a friend, so-called friend, um, who was jealous of my success, who was seeing the nice company car, the nice salary and everything else that was going with it. And instead of kind of working on their success, whatever that looks like, um, she decided to do a a, um, a ritual, um, you could call it black magic, whatever you want to call it, um, where she wanted me not to be successful. And, um, you know, kind of, it's interesting again, right? This is a friend at the time, um, but kind of so focused on what was going on in someone else's life, <clears throat> losing focus on what was going on in their life. And this worked, right? Whatever she did, and I got made redundant for my role. They had cutbacks and whatever else. I got made redundant on my role. And um, um, I, I was out of work for two years. I struggled financially. I was in a dark space. Um, and it's interesting how the universe helps you, right? Because 
friend of mine, I was out of work and she, she rang me and she's like, look, I want to go and see this religious lady. I think somebody's done something to my brother. Will you come with me? And this place was literally around the corner. It's a religious lady's house. It was literally just a two-minute walk from my house. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come with you. And it's going there and I wasn't, you know, clearly I was meant to go there. I wasn't even there to see the lady. And the lady said to me, someone's done something to you. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, somebody's done something to you and you know who it is. And it was at that point, when she, as soon as she said, I saw an image in my mind of what this so-called friend had did. And it was so vivid. It was so clear. And I was like, I was like, is this the person? She's like, well, she said, yes. And then it's like, um, but she's like, I can't fix it. It's such a powerful, deep process. I can send off to India to get fixed. I was like, still a bit skeptical. I mean, I was still very much in my mental mind, but I knew that I knew this other lady um, who also did, but she didn't do it didn't do it for people. She just did it for friends. And she's, um, so I went to see her and she confirmed, she said exactly the same thing without any prompting. Um, so I went back to the original lady and she sent off to India to get it fixed. And it was really, um, when, when I got the response, I got like a little casket with, with the kind of remnants of, they did a fire ceremony, little, little remnants from the fire itself, in a little casket that I wore around my neck. And as soon as I put it, put it on, Two days later, uh, I got an interview, and it was a director role, level role, and within seven days, they'd offered me the role. Normally, that position um, would require four or five interviews to take four or five weeks, but it was fast-tracked, and I was offered a role within seven days. And um, But it's interesting. It's like when I came out the other side, one, I knew I was guided through it. Two, um, you know, over, over time, I realized that, um, there's so much more around me than just the mental side. There's so much spirituality. There's so much, and it made me super curious. And over time, I'm not angry at that person who did what she did because I really feel it was a soul contract. I really feel that what she did was meant she was meant to do to help me spiritually awaken. Obviously, humanly, she's not in my life. Um, um, but as a soul, I knew she was doing what she had to do. And it helped me because then that led me on the path to spirituality, right? Um, but at the time, it led me on a on a path to find spiritual mentors, teachers to fix me. And I thought I needed fixing. Um, so I'd go do these meditations or do these processes, do these activations to get fixed. And over time, I realized I don't need fixing. You know, over time, I realized that everything I need is inside me, all the, all the love, all the joy, all the answers. And I was looking outside to be fixed. But actually, when I really what I should be being really looking at is looking at inside. And it was that thought that led me to find uh, my spiritual teacher, my mentor, because um, that's what a good mentor does. A good mentor guides you and accelerates your journey, doesn't try and fix you, helps you to understand your soul contracts, helps you to understand your purpose. And that's, you know, so meeting my mentor teacher, Guru Siddha Jeffrey, She's the one that really kind of helped me understand that I'm a healer. Between us, you know, kind of, she guided me to, to really understand why I'm here, the power of who I am. Um, we did a lot of events together. She did a lot of events globally. I had the benefit of doing her events in Hawaii, Mexico, India, Spain, all sorts of different places. And you know, I really thought that me and her, with others, we're going to do lots more on this planet, right? We were going to raise the consciousness of the planet together. Um, you know, we worked really well together. She's a really good friend, as well as being somebody that could 
uniquely expand me, frustrate me, and love me all at the same time. Um, but then, you know, along the way, um, in March 2020, and I've talked about this before, but in March 2020, only 38 years old, she passed away in a fire. And um, I was really surprised, right? I mean, even when I heard that, you know, she was in a fire and she had 90% burns, whatever reason, I thought, it's Sidra, she's going to pull through. Of course she's going to pull through. It's her, right? It's, there's no way she's going to leave this realm. Yeah, her work's not done. But she did pass away. And um, obviously humanly hurt. And, you know, I saw a lot of people that were close to her kind of really struggling. And I struggled, but... I also had this piece where I knew she was where, where she was meant to be. I knew she could help many more people in the realm that she was. And I could feel her presence around me. And I quickly learned that she she's now become part of my soul family, one of my guides. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting. And I really also understand that she'd been training me um, all this time in her own unique way to carry on the mission on this planet while she was on a diff different realms and helping many other people in her, in her own unique way. And just his little things like the last six months before she left this realm, I didn't have that much contact with her. I was meant to go to an event in, in, in India, last event, like three weeks before she passed and then last minute I couldn't make it. So it's just like those little things that I think prepared me for her leaving this realm. And then when she left this realm, it was her that kept saying to me, Akashic Records, Akashic Records, as, as one of my guides. I heard her mention it a couple of times before she left this realm in a meditation. So it kind of got me curious. So then I did some research. Um, I found um, a lady called um, Ashley Wood. So I listened to a podcast. I actually eventually then learned how to read the Akashic Records through her. Um, and really, honestly, I only learned how to read the Akashic Records because I wanted to understand my soul contrast with Sidra. She has such a profound effect on me. And I was like, well, hold on. I don't, it doesn't feel like her soul contracts are complete. And so I opened the, I, I connected with the records because I wanted to understand my soul contracts. And I understood that my journey here wasn't complete. I had a lot to do. And I also understood that Sidra was one of my guides. And through opening the records and through Sidra being one of my guides, et cetera, she's the one that pushed me and said, your voice is your gift. You need to use it. Your voice is your gift. And Sidra is very persistent. Um, and um, which is, that's why I started this podcast. I was guided to start this podcast whenever it was uh, 2020, late 2020, by my guides, by Opening Records, by Sidra. So it's really interesting when you start connecting the dots. You know, this podcast has saved my life, saved my, saved my life, changed my life in many ways. Um, you know, kind of Akashic Records has opened up so much for me. Um, and then, you know, kind of later on, my guides and Sidra and Owen Wake say, kept saying, you need to be seen as well as heard. You need to be seen. I'm like, really? Come on, have I not done enough? But that's when I, for a while, I started going live on Instagram once a week. And I slowed down for a little bit, but now I'm going live again on Instagram once a week. So, and the reason I tell you all of this is, um, you know, there's so much I've missed in terms of stories within the spiritual journey. But spiritual journey, sometimes we're waiting for this big epiphany to happen, this big flash in the sky, you know, and kind of all of a sudden we see this light. Our spiritual awakening, our, our awakening sometimes takes a major event like Stacey talked about. Yes, there was a major event in my life in terms of somebody did. But, you know, if you think about it, the event happened and it was two years of, of nothingness where I was in a deep, dark place for then for me to awakening. So, yes, there is major events that happen, but also the spiritual awakening itself is in multiple phases. And, um, 
you know, I've kind of gone deeper on my story. There's, there's more to tell, but I guess that's what I'd say to all the listeners is every awakening is different. And sometimes it's our expectations of this big bang, or you've heard someone else's awakening story and you're thinking, well, mine's different. I haven't experienced that. All of our soul contracts, our destinies are different and they're unique to us. But the consistency in each of the stories is, is our leap of faith. Once we kind of move our own way and, and really trust in the magic, that's when things start to open up. It's, it's sometimes it's our need to understand and put a logic around the magic that slows it down because some of this magic isn't from this realm, right? It's not from a, it's not something our, our physical mental mind is going to understand because it's, it's not from a program place. So that'd be my advice to everyone listening is that, look, if you're, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I, you've either, you, we're all going through awakening of some sort and you're some phase through your awakening. And I would encourage you just to as much as possible move out your own way and listen to your own soul. And from there, see what happens. So Stace, I went off a little tangent. I kind of probably went deeper and longer than I planned to. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's bits I've missed. Um, but I'm really trying to kind of um, try to cover the bases in terms of how our childhood affects our spiritual journey and how in many ways through the, through the years we try to release the programming that we've had to truly understand who we are instead of who our parents are, who our families are, what religious program we have. We're really on that journey to become our true selves. And that's what I was trying to share. Yeah. And I, I think it's so important for, for the listener to know, like, like you said, everybody's journey is different. Um, you know, I, I posted a reel on Instagram the other day about the journey to healing. And some, one of the first comments that I received on it was my greatest fear is that I'm never going to be fully healed. And I found that so interesting because I believe as long as we are living and breathing, we're not fully healed. We're continuing on the journey and the spiritual awakening and the healing, all of that collectively is like an endless onion. You peel a layer back and sometimes it's super painful and sometimes it's, it's less painful, but you peel away that next layer of understanding, healing, clarity, et cetera, only to find there's more layers. <laughs> and I think that what I've always felt about this journey for me is I had felt for a really long time, like I was meant for more. I was meant to do more. And there was this constant like pull. And I mean, I spoke about it to my husband, to those that were close to me. Like, I feel like there's more, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing more, but I didn't really, I didn't really understand that until I went through this life altering experience. And I, I believe for me, it, it needed to be massive to get me to pay attention. I don't know that it happens that way for everyone. I don't know that it needs to, maybe my guides understand that I'm just a little more stubborn, you know, I, I don't know, but for me, um, the process was life altering and I'm still going through a life altering season. You know, my, my husband and I have made the decision to separate in the last four months. I've 
moved out of what I thought was my fairy tale, happy ending dream home. I've moved out of that. I've sold the home. I'm rebuilding from the ground up. And though I have a very deep sense of awareness of who I am and how I'm showing up in the world, there's still a lot of unanswered questions for me in this season. But I'm also very clear that the environment that I was in was not allowing me the space that I needed to be able to be the person that I feel I'm being called to be. And so I've had to completely surrender my idea of what I thought my life was going to look like for whatever God intends for me to do, to serve. And it's one of the reasons why I went through the gut-wrenching process of writing a book. Um, I would never have thought in a million years that I would be the person putting my personal story on display for other people. Um, but I went to visit you one at one point this last year in the spring. And I thought, we both thought that I was coming there to study your mentor and the work that she's done that you were mentioning earlier, Sidra. And I planned this extensive stay with you for a month that I was going to come and study her work. And then I got there and it was like, God was like, just kidding. Like, I want you to write a book. <laughs> and I but was also, like, what? The, 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 the story about you deciding to come here for a month, you just, you came here from a trip, you landed. And the first thing you did by getting in the car was ringing me and say, without even asking me, it's like, Nims, I think I'm coming back in January and I think I'm coming for a month. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And, uh, and it was just so much of this is guided once we move our own way. And it was just such a, and like I said, we didn't really know why you were coming, but we thought you were coming to study um, Sidra's work. And it's that, you know, it's really interesting. She was my guide and now she's my guide. She was humanly and you were, but when you came here, you felt her connection. Isn't that, I, I, I do believe a lot of this is guided and it's that, you know, our path, whatever we need, I feel the universe will, will give it to us. But I also feel that that if we don't listen to the messages when they're quiet, the messages become stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's when we have these major events. As you say, it's, you know, sometimes we're stubborn. I also think some of some of them are, are divinely timed. Mm -hmm. I.e., we're meant to go through life in phases, and certain things are meant to happen at a certain time to awaken us. And it's that the quicker we realize that what's happening to us is part of our training and is part of us understanding who we are the quicker we can integrate and start to move on, I guess. Um, you know, the other thing you mentioned is I 100% agree. I think we're going to be students all our life. And, you know, Tedra talked about it too, right? She called a school, she created a cool school called the School of Awakening. It's that we're always going to be students. We're always going to be learning. Any healer that tells you they're fully healed, I don't know if I'd believe them because I think we're always, always going to be healing. We're always going to be growing. Um, I think that's why we're here as humans, right? To continue to grow, to continue to learn. There's so much we don't know yet. Right? There's so much we don't know about spirituality, about the part each of the four bodies works. So I agree, we're always, always going to be students. One of the things I didn't mention, actually, maybe this this will um, resonate with quite a few of the listeners, is growing up, I never really felt like I belonged. There's always a part of me that didn't feel like I belonged here, didn't feel like I was meant for this planet, didn't feel like, you know, there's many times I, I didn't want to be here, right? And there's just... 
part of it was not sure, not having a voice, not feeling connected, not feeling. But also there was a part that I knew that I I couldn't relate to what a lot of other people are going through. I couldn't relate to things that other excited other people because I knew I was different. I knew that, you know, I was meant for more as you talk about it. And it's just such a weird feeling. I didn't really understand it. Um, now I kind of starting to understand it that, you know, if we're going to do something different, if we're going to break the mold, then I think we have to be different, right? We can't follow the, the programming that we've had. And, you know, I think, you know, if you resonate with this, that, you know, you didn't belong, you didn't feel like you belong, there's part of you that feel, felt nothing really felt right. And you know, maybe you're an old soul too, right? Maybe there's, there's, there's things that your soul's been through so much that anything new or exciting on this planet doesn't always excite you. And you know, I've spent many years trying to integrate my spiritual body into my physical body because I, I know as a soul, you know, my soul was having fun and it may sound weird, but my soul was having fun in this, in the soul kingdom and spiritual kingdom and knew it had to be here for whatever, whatever this human needs to go through. But it's that, it's that acceptance that we're here. The sooner we accept why we're here, the sooner we accept that, you know, this is who you are right now and you're perfect in every way. The sooner, the sooner you accept who you are right now, instead of trying to fix you, instead of focusing on what's coming tomorrow, the sooner you accept this person of you, then you can start growing and the universe can start helping you. Again, I don't want to went off a little tangent. I just wanted to share that, that, you know, many of us don't feel like we belong. So if you don't, right now, if you don't feel like you belong, maybe you don't. Maybe you're meant to do something totally different and you're trying to conform to standards that the others set and all that sort of stuff isn't you. Maybe you're meant to break the mold and do something different. Because I know, I know I am. I know Stacy's Stacy's here to do the same. So I just wanted to mention that. Felt it was important. Yeah, I think it's really important. And I think one of the things that we're gonna do with this podcast is this series is all about us sharing our journey, but then you know, in the next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about like what we do to nurture our spiritual body, what, what we do to align that part of ourselves and what that looks like. But I think it's so important that we started this part talking about the four bodies to, to talk about the spiritual part, to talk about our experiences and what we've been through personally. And I think it's important to know that not everybody has this life altering circumstance that gets them to awaken for some people. It's a much slower and gradual process. Each one of us has a unique experience. And the intention here was to share our unique experiences for you to get to know us a little bit more. And then maybe you find something relatable in that story or inspiring, but we're going to break this down into a couple of episodes so that we can really be clear on what we do to show up for ourselves spiritually to align this part of ourselves so that we can show up in the world the way that we're meant to. And this is just the beginning is this is what we've been through and this is how we've gotten to where we are. But I think it's important to remind the listener, we're all still on the journey. We're constantly healing. And even as we do this podcast, I'm sure that we'll uncover more layers of our onion to share with you. So um, I think this is a great start. Yeah, I agree. Um... Yeah, and, you know, look, we'll talk about future episodes. I think we'll go deeper on soul contracts and things like that. We'll talk, we'll go deeper on the inner child because the inner child feels very important from what spiritual journey too. So there's lots of things we want to cover in future episodes. So, yeah, thank you for everyone that's listening to this one. Like I said, this is the first of 
at least two on the spiritual body. Um, really, the objective of this podcast is focused around spiritual journey, hence it's called spiritual journey. But the spiritual body um, is one that obviously um, a lot of the work that me and Stacey do is connected to. But as we talked about the other three bodies, all of it's important. All four of our bodies and nurturing all four of them is all part of our spiritual journey. We can't just focus on the spiritual body. But Stacey, I love, love spirit sharing this space with you. I feel um, it's sacred in many ways. I think the bond that we've created and the work that we're doing is, is divinely guided. And um, But I always, always like us to leave um, each podcast with something for the for the listener to ponder, maybe journal about or consider or answer. Um, so if we could leave the listener with a with a question, a journal prompt or something along those lines, what would you what would you what would you suggest? So the question that comes to mind is what are you willing to surrender? What on this journey are you willing to let go of? in order to allow God to use you in whatever way is necessary. What are you nice. willing to surrender? Nice, powerful, powerful question. What are you willing to surrender? So Stacey, I've loved this space. I love the, the conversation. I'm excited to record the next podcast. And um, yeah, again, thank you. Thank you to everyone that's listening. Thank you to all the feedback we receive, the questions, uh, just the comments, just it, it raises our soul. It really kind of shows that we have an impact. So please do comment on the episode. Please do DM us. I always leave our social media links in, in, in the show notes. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. We're sending love and light to all of you. We're excited to continue recording and we'll continue to record the next episode and we'll, we'll release it every Monday. So stay so with you to, to close us out. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We love it when you rate and review, leave comments for us, let us know the feedback that you have for us on these episodes. And if there's anything that we haven't covered that you're interested in hearing more about on this podcast, uh, send us a message, let us know. Thanks for being here.